0: Hello, and welcome to the February 2021 episode of the My Vietnam podcast. Hello, Marissa. Hello, everyone listening. How are you today?
1: Hi, Ringo. Hi, everybody. This is Marissa Tu Lee. And it's Lunar New Year's. Yay! Yay!
0: Lunar New Year is also called Tet in Vietnamese. I love this time of the year because it represents the renewal of spring. Do you notice the flowers that start to bloom and all the mushrooms that grow in the yard? It's so special. And especially this year is the year of the ox, the metal ox, and it is very lucky for anyone who is hardworking and wants to see the fruits of their labor come to fruition. So I wish you all the best luck in the world. And do you know what the difference between an ox and a cow is, Marissa?
1: No, Ringo, I don't.
0: Well, an ox is a formally trained cow that... Really? ...has gone to Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the difference between an ox and a cow is a cow does not know how to work, whereas an ox does, and it tills the soil and plows the earth for farmers, and once a cow becomes formally trained is how it becomes an ox. Well, on a different note, on today's show we have Hiko Mitsuzuka, Hiko is my friend for a very long time in Hollywood. He's a writer and Hollywood exec who won the Emmy this year for a spot he made about the game show Jeopardy. So now I have to call him Emmy Award winner Hiko Mitsuzuka. Congrats, Hiko. Yay! Yay.
1: Congratulations!
0: So, Marissa, how are you celebrating Tet this year, the Vietnamese New Year?
1: Well, Ringo, after 2020, I'm really looking forward to the future and what 2021 has in store for myself, for you, and everybody. I'm excited to continue my role as a female producer and take on new projects. So everybody stay tuned as I'll keep you posted in my journey. Did you know that also for Lunar New Year's forecasters have been saying that the message is to keep calm and carry on as best you can in 2021. But hold off on major moves if you're able. And in a note worth taking, whether you believe in the zodiac or not, Try not to be obsessive about following the news because so much information is in the air. Don't you agree, Ringo?
0: Yes, and coronavirus is in the air as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Everybody, double up on your mask.
0: Yes, especially with the new variant. It is a very good idea to double mask. Well, Tet, or the Lunar New Year, is always associated with good luck, good fortune, and I feel really lucky this year. And my goal is to celebrate the Lunar New Year in style. And I love that every year, as an Asian American, I get to celebrate two New Year's celebrations. First, We celebrate the Gregorian calendar's New Year on January 1st, and then it doesn't feel like it ends until the Lunar New Year, which is always around the end of January or early February. And for me, that means that time is a period of reflection so that I can revisit my goals And for 2021, I'm especially looking forward to the end of the pandemic. It has been a year, hasn't it? It has been such a trying year. And hopefully what Biden said is true, that there is enough vaccine out there for all Americans by July. He said that he just purchased 600 million new doses of vaccine and that it will Go out into the public for all who need it by July. So I hope that that is a very achievable goal for the government, and I hope that you all take advantage of it because we need to get back to normal, whatever normal means.
1: Oh, and you know, it's also award season for film, TV, and entertainment. I remember this time last year, We were at the Oscars Dim Sum Get-Together, and we went to some Oscar screenings.
0: Yes, we were at David Magdell's fabulous Dim Sum Oscar Brunch, and I enjoyed it very much and met so many wonderful filmmakers. Right, Marissa?
1: Yes, and wow, what a year it has been.
0: We met filmmakers like... um, the ones from the all of the documentary short subjects. And also, I remember last year we sat at the table with Corey Tong, who is a fabulous documentary producer. And also we sat with the producers of The Donut King, which is out right now. So if you have a chance, watch the Cambodian documentary, The Donut King. This year, I'm looking forward to a changing landscape of the cinema and TV. I think coronavirus has brought about that changing landscape because what it has made is it has made people stay at home and it changed the way that executives release films now into the marketplace, especially with HBO changing the landscape so much. They release films now directly on streaming, like Wonder Woman 1984. Did you watch that, Marissa?
1: Yes, I have seen it.
0: Yes, and I saw that as well. And I thought, you know, it is very life-changing and earth-shattering that films like that, tentpole films, are opening on streaming platforms and no longer opening on what they used to call tentpole movie events. So the tentpole has, in essence, moved to streaming. And I think that's a very good thing.
1: Well, this is a perfect segue to our special guest Emmy Award winner Hiko Mitsuzuka. As Ringo and him talk about the year in review. Let's take a listen to their interview.
0: And sorry if there are any noise disruptions or interruptions because we've recorded it live. Thank you for listening. Hello, Hiko, how are you?
2: Hey, Ringo, I'm okay. Happy end of the year.
0: Happy end of the year. It is New Year's Eve and we are Zooming each other on Zoom. I should actually call you Emmy winner, Hiko Mitsuzuka now, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Technically, yeah. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. So um, tell me about your year. How was your year?
2: Oh, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, yeah, had some heartbreak, uh, went, marched in a couple of protests, Mm -hmm. was proud to get out there and be safe and just, I was just exhilarated by the energy and passion that was out there during a lot of the protests and BLM marches. I moved into my, my own place, um, on the East side of Hollywood, uh, uh, I won an Emmy <laughs> and yeah, I'm lucky. I, I've still, you know, been able to work from home. Um, and uh, yeah, the year just flew by because I guess time flies by when you're doing nothing and staying at home most of the time.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. T- let's backtrack a little, tell me a little bit about yourself and
2: what you do and how you won the Emmy. <laughs> um that- yeah, I've I've lived in LA for 18 and a half years. I've always, you know, wanted to write. I, I worked in TV production and then I worked for commercial production companies, writing treatments for directors. And I now work at a, um, like a content studio slash entertainment agency, like an ad agency um, called Known Global. We, um, We have a lot of entertainment clients. I'm a a director of creative services, but I'm I'm like a copywriter. Um, And yeah, we do a lot of promos for broadcast networks, cables, cable shows, uh, consumer products and brands, um, anything from, you know, on-air promos, uh, digital social videos, billboards, um, social campaigns, and we, as a team, won a uh, daytime Emmy for outstanding promotional announcement <laughs> for a uh, Jeopardy promo we produced uh, and wrote for the All Star Games that happened earlier this year. And we got to we got to film and shoot with the late and great Alex Trebek.
0: Wow!
2: Um, this this hap- it's happened, a year, right? Yeah, he, he passed, passed
0: away this year.
2: This he year. passed away like only what a month ago, two months ago, and yeah. we 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 shot the actual promo. I think at the beginning. I think it was. Oh wait, it was early. We shot it at the end of. I think the end of last year, so it's been a year. Um, did you guys yeah. shoot
0: it on, on location at Sony Studios?
2: We did, yeah, because that's where the game show set is, and we the. Um, it was basically the six all time, you know, greatest champions came back to captain, um, six different teams for this all-star tournament. And we shot them in like this very flashy dramatic way at, um, with the huge studio doors opening and kind of like a, like a reservoir dogs, the right stuff, like (laughs) money shot of the teams all coming together. Um, and yeah, that, I can't believe that was a year ago, but um, it won the Daytime Emmy for this year. So um, we got the news over the summer. Um, <laughs> of course, there was no actual ceremony to go to because of COVID. And I had my Emmy <laughs> arrive at my doorstep uh, one day by FedEx. And <laughs> that was me <laughs> accepting the award. So well, was, congrats. Thank you.
0: But I know that your relationship with me and our relationship has always been writing because that's our first love, you know? And when I met you, I I was like, um, I don't know, how did I meet you? But I just remember like we formed a writer's group right away. Right. And like every Sunday we, (sighs) we like were on each other to, to produce pages. And I felt like, that was one of the most productive things I've I've done in LA. You know, was was right in our writers group.
2: You remember how it was formed? Well, we we, we must have met at like an Outfest event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like we might have met there because I also I was you know proud to say I was an extra in your in your movie Big Gay Love. Where <laughs> oh, I got yeah. to play. <laughs> I got to play a bartender in a scene with Nicholas Brendan, which was such a thrill for me because I'm a huge Buffy fanatic. Mm -hmm. And so, and you were so kind enough to like put me in the closing credits too, as the bartender. (laughs) I remember and my name, it was like in order of appearance or something. And my name was like right below Nicholas Brendan. I'm like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) So thank you, thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. And that was, I think that was the, the we. oh my God, that, we fil- that was filmed, we filmed that bar scene at the end of December, 2012, I think. Yes. So that, oh my God, that was That's eight years month. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, yeah, so we knew each other, I guess we've known each other for more than a decade because
0: yeah.
2: it had to have been. I would
0: say like 2008 or 2009. Or 2009.
2: Through Outfest? Maybe. I or did you ever do Fusion?
0: Fusion, yes. Oh
2: no, but I know I I think I met you before then because I I went to I attended a fusion workshop.
0: But fusion didn't start until like the mid 2010s, right?
2: Yeah, so maybe it wasn't that. But I yeah, I get it's so funny. You're one of the few, few, few people. Usually I'm so good with like remembering and pinpointing when I met someone for the first Mm -hmm. time and you're like a mystery now when we first met.
0: (laughs) But then now you are venturing into writing novels. How did that come about?
2: I'll backtrack a little. I I landed an agent fortunately through a friend of mine who introduced us and she loved my idea for the first novel I had. and that was just a year of trying to sell it as a young adult book. But it was uh, it was kind of a tough sell to market it mm-hmm. as young adults. The voice was a little too mature for it. So I tried tweaking it, but then it got kind of just lost its essence. So basically, I'm, I'm just working on a second novel now that's straight up adult mystery thriller mm-hmm. uh, along the lines of like, the Woman in the Window, Girl on the Train. Um, yeah, a good old fashioned adult mystery thriller. So we'll we'll see, fingers crossed.
0: Right, right. Is that and why think, you've been watching 1940s films? <laughs>
2: uh, no, I just happened, you caught me last night. Last night I was just watching Hitch, uh, the original Rebecca from 1940 because a friend of mine, like way back in the spring lent me his um hitchcock dvd box set because i wanted i wanted to catch up on some classics mm-hmm. so that was that um but no i try to try to read as much as i can to uh you know but i average maybe a book a month mm-hmm. um i read i just started reading a a book called The Lion Game by a British author named Ruth Ware. Mm -hmm. She's been, she's been hailed as like the 21st century Agatha Christie. Mm -hmm.
0: So life as a writer, um, can you tell me like what motivates you? What is the inspiration? How do you, you know, when you sit down to a blank page, how do you find the inspiration to write?
2: Um, well, you know, I'm. In, I, I I like to think I consume a lot of pop culture. Mm-hmm. So, I I love going to the movies. I try to catch up and binge on all all the TV shows that are mm-hmm. trending or being recommended to me left and right, all over social media, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 always inspiring to see what's out there and and what you can do with something that's a spin or an extension or a you know an inspiration of something that's already out there um you know horror and scary stuff is usually my genre my go-to genre so i'm usually inspired by that and um yeah just anything that moves me i i just love it and i'll i'll write about it i've I wrote for a couple of you know websites, writing reviews. I were, I did press. I did the press junket circuit, and you know I tended to do interviews with um, actors or filmmakers who only I really enjoyed. You know it's hard to, want you don't want to interview someone who like does some crap that you can't really support, and you have to <laughs> bullshit your way through um, all of that. I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot of different things. And um, it's being inspired by, you know, friends and all the people I've met here in L.A. I've been here for 18 and a half years. And it's, it, you know, as cliched as it sounds, it's a journey. And, um, yeah, it's... It's all that.
0: Yeah, it's a worthwhile journey, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I'm lucky. I still have friends. I'm still close to friends I've I've made when I, you know, my first year of moving here. Um, and then, you know, you see, you, you know, people who like come and go. Mm-hmm. People who've left LA. Um, I think I knew like five people within a year who just up and left L.A. And it's, it's um, you know, people rag on L.A. or make fun of it or, you know, it's it's really what you make of it.
0: So let me ask you now, um, since it's the end of the year and you said you love watching TV and binging TV um, this year, you know, with the pandemic... Personally, for me, I've watched actually more TV than I have films for the oh, first yeah. time because most, most of the times I just love film and I go to the movies, you know, and now it's like really hard to find a movie or get a movie or even with the film festivals coming around and they say, oh, a movie is going to be available for like a 24 hour window <laughs> and I can't find it. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like if it's hard to find, then I'm probably not going to watch it, you know. Yeah, but with TV, it's like the golden, really the golden age of TV and streaming this year, right?
2: I mean, I think we've been in it, you know. You know, I think for the last five years they've called it peak TV, Mm -hmm. and like this year, the year before, kept breaking records. Like there were, it was over five hundred scripted script, just scripted. Wow. TV shows that were on the air in one year, mm-hmm. which is insane. It's yeah. like five, over 500 TV shows to watch. Um, but yeah, streaming is getting, obviously getting all the attention. Um, I definitely watched a lot more. I keep a movie log of movies. I only see in theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Cause I'm okay. like I'm a nerd like that, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I show, I, that. Show. I should have brought it out. But I think I think I saw a total, including I saw three movies at a drive-in this year too. Oh, I went, to my, I went to my first drive-in back in July, and then I saw two other movies. I saw a, a drive, my first drive-in in July, then I went to another one in August, and then I saw something in September or October beginning of October, I saw The Rental, which was Dave Franco's directorial debut. Mm-hmm. How was that? A thriller, um, <laughs> an Airbnb thriller. Uh, it was, it was okay. It mm-hmm. was an admir- admirable effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, I like uh, Alison Brie who's in it too. Oh, and Dan Stevens from oh, Grammy, mm-hmm. who's, very, who's very nice to watch on screen. Um, and the second movie I saw at a drive-in was that Russell Crowe movie, Unhinged, <laughs> oh, yeah. which was just so preposterous and, like, ridiculous. It was... Ay-ay-ay. But it was somewhat entertaining. And then, at uh, the beginning of October, I went to the premiere um, of... Um, what's his name? Christopher Landon, the director who did Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. He directed a movie called Freaky, mm-hmm. which was like so up my alley. It was like, you know, a send up of slasher movies that I grew up on, and basically, it's the premise of Freaky Friday, but with a slasher and a final girl victim. Um, and that was that was it was great. What about though, your favorite TV show? Oh, uh, that yeah. <laughs> Um HBO has I May Destroy You with Michaela Cole. Mm-hmm. It's a have you heard about it? Yeah. No? Yes. Oh. So yeah, it's the premise is a woman who is basically roofied and she's sexually assaulted and how that affects her life, like the aftermath of that. Mm. And how she kind of becomes this, you know, famous activist in the transition of her going from victim to survivor um, and how it takes a mental toll on her. And it, it's just unlike anything I've seen on TV. And um, it's a very messy show. It's funny, it's dark, and it's just, you know, some of the, the great some of the great TV, you know, really challenges you as a viewer. And this does. It goes into, you know, topics of consent. Um, as it, you know, the narrative kind of focuses, it swerves a little and focuses on her two best friends and what they go through. Um that is on my, that's on that's at the top of my list. Um and then Search Party, which moved from TBS to HBO Max, they had their third season this year. I love it so much. I think it's probably my one of my. F- I think it's one of the best shows of the last decade. One of my favorite wow. comedies of the last decade. Really, because it's like it's like a comedy mystery thriller, that also skews like totally skewers millennial culture at the same time. And each season kind of takes on a different premise. Like, you know, the first season starts out as like this millennial Nancy Drew little mystery. And then it, and then the second season turns into like a paranoia thriller. <laughs> and then the third season becomes like this courtroom legal thriller. Mm-hmm. And um, of course it ends with a cliffhanger and the, I know the new season starts next month in January. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's good. Well, thank you for the list. I am going to catch up on all the music and shows that you talked about. Please, I go to guru for <laughs> all things <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hiko.
2: Thank you, Ringo.
0: And I will see you in the new year. Okay.
2: Yes. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Well, everybody, thanks for listening, and join us next time as we bring you a brand new episode of the My, My Vietnam, Vietnam Podcast.
0: Chúc mừng năm mới. Tết. Bye-bye from from Hollywood. Hollywood!